successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 AM KMBZ as well as on iTunes via podcast and at GrillNationShow.com. On GrillNationShow.com, you can find a list of all of my sponsors, which I'll get to in a second, uh, contact information, as well as photos of all of our guests and each and every show that we've done over the years. I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation Show. Title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation Show are uh, Brian Sarf, True Wealth and Company, guest host and honor contributor, the Rieger and Jay Rieger and Co., Ryan Maybe, guest host and honor contributor. And today's awesome uh, contributor, partner, uh, guest on the Grill Nation show is the KCADC, the Kansas City Area Development Council. They uh, sponsor a show each, I think, every, quarterly, actually, and uh, at least this year. And we've had a lot of fun talking to them about some of their initiatives, uh, one of which we're going to talk about today, which is the, uh, the Kansas City Animal Health Corridor. And uh, in studio with me today, we have some really great people here uh, bringing up their bios as we speak. We have uh, Kimberly Young, who's the president of the KC Animal Health Corridor. Scott Borman, who is uh, the VP uh, of Commercial Operations in the United States at Merck Animal Health. And uh, Kent Luther, who's the vice president of sales, uh, companion animal business at Bear Animal Health. And I hopefully, if I screwed those up, I apologize. I was reading off your LinkedIn pages um, and, uh, we're going to learn more about you all on the show. So welcome to the show. How are you all? Fantastic. Doing great. We all can talk at the same time. We're excited to have you. Uh, first off, let's talk to Kimberly. Kimberly, tell us about what you do and, uh, and what the uh, Casey Animal Health Corridor does. The Casey Animal Health Corridor is an industry association in Kansas City. We are focused on supporting the growth of the existing animal health companies, as well as attracting new companies, new jobs, and new investment into Kansas City. The Kansas City Animal Health Corridor uh, is really a unique uh, organization. It highlights and uh, really promotes the animal health assets in Kansas City. We have the largest concentration globally of animal health assets. We have companies that uh, produce products, manufacture research, and develop products for companion animals, so your furry friends, Mm. dogs, cats at home, as well as food animal. So they are ensuring that we have all the products to make sure that we have a globally safe food supply. And you've been in this role for uh, how long now? I've been in this role for about seven and a half years. Wow. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You have a, you have a rich history, too, and in, in, uh, in jobs such as these throughout the years. I saw some of your background and whatnot, and you grew up, did you grow up in the area? Or you, I did. I grew yeah. up in Lawrence, Kansas, okay. Rock Chalk. There you go. There you go. <laughs> And you brought some of your friends today yes. who are on your board. Is yes, that correct? That's correct. Scott Borman is our current chairman and Kent Luther is our current vice chairman in 2019. He will become the chairman of the corridor. 
Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I, uh, I I know you do a lot of great things in Kansas City. Thanks, Jason. Um, certainly, I've been at Merck for uh, six years, mm-hmm. uh, Merck Animal Health, and um, we manufacture, obviously, vaccines and pharmaceutical products for dogs, cats, and uh, uh, the livestock industry. Uh, I've lived in the Kansas City area since about 1998, if I remember correctly, so uh, uh, just a few years. Uh, and have spent over 25 years in the animal health industry. And uh, it's a pleasure to serve alongside other colleagues here in the corridor to uh, help support the initiatives of the animal health industry. And uh, we look forward to uh, today's program. And you're a Texas A&M alum. Texas A&M, fighting Texas Aggies. Yes. We're both in the SEC now. I'm a Mizzou Law School grad, and uh, it's fun, right? It's oh, fun. No. College football down there. I haven't been to a game yet down there, but I'd love to go. Check it out, man. It'd be great. And to your right is uh, Kent Luther. Uh, Kent, tell us about yourself and how you got involved in, in the industry. Uh, sure. Uh, Kent Luther with Bear Animal Health, and uh, I've been with Bear for 11 years. I've actually been in the animal health industry for 32 years. My first job out of college, uh, before the Internet, I answered an ad in the Kansas City Star and began, I began my career as an inside sales representative for a company used to be based here, Cooper's Animal Health, and I've been in animal health ever since and enjoyed every Every year and every moment of it. That's awesome. Uh, that was my question: is is how does someone get into this industry? I mean, is it something that you all thought you'd you'd join one day, or is it is it something that uh, just kind of happened? How did how did that all happen? Because you know, um, it's such a growing industry. I want to know. Take take a look back and let me know how you guys got involved and and why. Uh, I can go first there. I, so I graduated from Iowa State with an ag business degree. And I grew up on a farm, and I knew that I wanted to be in agriculture. Didn't know that I wanted to be in animal health. But uh, when, once I graduated college and moved down to Kansas City, I just obviously looked in the paper and answered an ad for animal health. It was one of the first one letters that I sent out. And in two weeks, I had a job and began to find out what the animal health business was really about. And I've progressed on since then and, and loved every minute of it. it, it it's great people. It's good competition. And it's doing good things for our pets and the animals uh, that are owned by our producers and consumers. And you've been at Bear now for over 10 years? Yeah, 11 years, yeah. Wow, that's great. What about you, Scott? Uh, My path was uh, similar to Kent's, um, uh, actually. Um, I had a a major professor at uh, Texas A&M as I was completing a master's program. I finished my undergrad, and I had gotten out and – Spent a couple of years in uh, some service-oriented work um, in uh, Texas. Uh, had gone back to school to pursue a master's. And uh, my major professor, as I completed a master's program, uh, called me in one day and and said, uh, what are you interested in doing? And uh, we had a conversation. He handed me a card and he said, here, this person was just in here looking for uh, uh, somebody to help with uh, some sales and marketing programs. And uh, it happened to be an animal health company. And uh, I applied and uh, have, uh, very similar to Kent, have been there since and uh, have enjoyed uh, certainly the the industry, the cause, uh, but more importantly, the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's uh, something I think is very unique, not only for this area, but the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fascinating. Kimberly, what about you? Yeah. What drew you to this? I know that you've been with KCADC for a while now um, and, and worked in different sectors and in, in generating um, – jobs and creating creating new companies here in Kansas City and throughout Missouri uh, and the region. How'd you get involved? Yeah, so 
My, I have been with the animal health industry and the Casey Animal Health Corridor for seven and a half years. I do not have an ag background mm-hmm. like Scott and Kent, and I um, have not grown up in the animal health industry. Um, my background is I have worked for both uh, the state of Kansas and state of Missouri, right. as you mentioned, um, doing business development. Mm-hmm. Um, I did spend time in Wichita, Kansas. And in Wichita, they are, uh, they have an aviation cluster. So they are the, um, air capital of the world as they promote themselves. So I'm familiar with cluster development, which Mm. is really what the Kansas City Animal Health Corridor is focused on. Um, but as Kent and Scott said, I now would never work in any other industry. And it is really, truly the people that in this industry, um, and their passion for what they do, the passion for their industry, and the really the kind of co-opetition um, of the industry. The corridor is so unique that our board is the executives mm. of competitive companies. Mm. Interesting. I want to talk about yeah. that more after the break. I also want to talk about kind of your strategic initiatives, uh, mm-hmm. your growth, and, and how this all happened here in this area when we come back from the break. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. <laughs> Welcome back to the Grill Nation show on 980 AM. I appreciate you listening today uh, and joining us, whether you're on the radio or on iTunes via podcast or online at grillnationshow.com. I want to thank our uh, great partner and supporter, the KCADC. Their website is online at thinkkc.com. Uh, they join us quarterly, and today we're talking about the KC Animal Health Corridor, a huge initiative uh, here in the region, and it's very exciting to talk about. It's something that I'm very excited to learn about, and I'm joined by um, Kimberly Young, who's the president of the KC Animal Health Corridor, Scott Borman, who's the VP of U.S. Commercial Services at Merck Animal Health, and Kent Luther, who's vice president of commercial operations at Bear Animal Health. Uh, it's great to have you guys all back in the studio. Kimberly, let's start with you. Um, why is this kind of like, you know, I, I'm learning about this as we go. I, I've heard about it, but I want to learn more. Why is what you guys are doing in this animal health corridor such an important asset for Kansas City? Talk to me about kind of uh, the geographical area of it and why it's so important. Yeah. So the geography of the Kansas City Animal Health Corridor, we go from Columbia, Missouri to Manhattan, Kansas, north to Maryville, Missouri, and south to Emporia, Kansas. And within that region, 56% of the global revenues for the entire industry are generated from companies that have a presence. Uh, so it is mm. globally, it's the largest concentration. And it really ties back to the ag history of this area. We're in the Midwest. We're in the heartland mm-hmm. of our country. We're an ag-based economy. Uh, the stockyards started here over 100 years ago in when all of the animals were coming to Kansas City, this industry naturally was established. Uh, as the animals came in, you had to have companies um, to support those animals through feed as well as uh, through vaccines, as Scott and Kent mentioned 56 earlier. 56% of 56. total worldwide animal health di- uh, diagnostics and pet food sales pet come food. from that area that you just mentioned. That's so correct. Pretty crazy, right, when you really think about it. Worldwide. It's yeah. right here. It's right here. 
Wow. And if you're not in the ag industry or you're, you're just moving to Kansas city, you know, maybe you don't know about, and that's kind of where you come in, uh, in your organization. Um, so what is, what is our, what is our value proposition here? What is, what makes us so unique? Um, Guys, you want to you want to talk about that a little bit, or why why do you think it's so great that we're located in this area? Because I know over the time, you know, everyone's always thought, how do we connect Columbia to Lawrence to Manhattan? And you guys basically have done that uh, through this this area with over three hundred companies yeah. and tons of jobs being created. Yeah. Uh, what what is our our true value proposition here, and um, why are we so unique? And I might start and um, yeah, let Scott and Kent, yeah, add, jump in. And you mentioned it, and it really is the connectivity of the region is, is our value proposition and our strength. To take all of the companies that have a presence here who are competitors with one another and bring them together to work on big global issues, things that at a 30,000-foot view that they can all agree with, Working together and speaking with one voice, everyone benefits, mm-hmm. and it certainly benefits uh, this region. Mm-hmm. And through the course of um, over a decade, we have been able to work together to create a global brand for this region, to cl- create a global brand for the industry and the work that we're doing. Um, we provide unique engagement opportunities, and it, there really is a support system that we have created here for entrepreneurs in those middle uh, stage companies. You've also created a board, right? And We've also created that. a board, and that's what I'd love Scott and Kent to talk about from an executive perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, we got what, a lot of executives listening to the show and business folks and entrepreneurs that, you know, heck, they might have a company idea. Their company might want to work with you guys. Um, you know, what is it like? What was the establishment of the board like? Your leaders, obviously, in this in this world, uh, you leading global companies what's it like to be a part of what we're doing here in this unique corridor Uh, for me it's awesome i think you know one of the things we have over 300 animal health companies here in in the that's just shocking to me and uh, so that kind of makes it an epicenter and i think one of the things that makes it unique is the animal health industry uh, and the senior leaders that started this um, they looked at it and said hey we have all this these assets right here what can we do with one voice, and then it just kind of snowballed into, you know, we started out with uh, 150 members at our first homecoming dinner and that we, ha- we have annually, and we're over 1,200 uh, this year, you know, in, in eight and years. We're talking about all over the world. Yeah. We're talking about yeah. people from, yeah. you know, Asia, Europe, I mean, every country. Yeah, I think the, the other thing that's unique, too, is you look at, uh, as Kent mentioned, over 300 companies, right? And as, as, as Kim mentioned, uh, the, the geographic area. But I think it's, it's also key to point out, too, the diversity of mm-hmm. the types of companies that mm-hmm. are there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly, uh, as you look at, you know, everything from, uh, biotech startups to, uh, you know, bench science organizations that will coordinate uh, research trials um, to research farms, you know, uh, manufacturers of ingredients, full-scale manufacturings, whether it be pharmaceutical products or biological products, uh, the veterinary industry, mm-hmm. uh, the livestock industry, which has such a big presence here in the Midwestern uh, part of the U.S., uh, I, I think also helps contribute to the uh, the uniqueness. Uh, itself is also some of the diversity that we see within our industry. You talked about that. I was going to ask you what kind of products and services are provided by these 300-some companies and 20,000-plus employees working in them. Now, you mentioned a lot of them, and, uh, you know, vaccines, flea and tick, 
uh, research is done. You, you guys do a lot of uh, things like that. And then obviously you uh, affect the global food supply and our family pets. So you kind of do it all in this area, right? And we're doing everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's amazing. We're, and, and what kind of animals are we talking about here? I mean, for our listeners, maybe like me that aren't, uh, that just think about dogs and cats, are we, what other animals are yeah. we talking about here? Scott, you want to talk about some of the, um, the species that you have sure. products for? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, certainly, as you mentioned, uh, we manufacture products for uh, dogs and cats. Uh, in, the, in the livestock space, it uh, really is uh, all species areas that uh, we would have uh, products for, for the most part. Uh, so certainly cattle, uh, as we look at uh, uh, cattle products, uh, the swine industry, uh, which has a large presence as well, uh, the poultry industry, mm-hmm. uh, so tur- both turkeys and uh, broilers are uh, chickens. Uh, and then uh, certainly one of the things that, that we're involved in as uh, an organization as well is the aquaculture industry, uh, which what is, is that? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's basically the, the production of uh, new words. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the production of fish yeah. uh, and uh, fish and fish production. Uh, and it's largely salmon. Uh, and uh, catfish and uh, tilapia today uh, that are that are farmed. Trends uh, change, don't they? Those are the oh, popular yeah. fish, aren't they? I mean, from a protein source, it obviously it's one of the fastest growing uh, per capita consumption sources. I tell you what, you, the fish we you guys ought to love the uh, the movement to the protein based diets for people. I mean, geez. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, that you're making me hungry. <laughs> so, so we're talking about what is that called again? Aquaculture. Aquaculture. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And what, what do you have to add to that, uh, Ken? I mean, well, you guys I, do I a think lot. the other one uh, is equine or horses. Right? Oh, right. Yeah. And then e- even uh, you, we've got a lot of products out there that are labeled for ferrets. You know, a lot of people, you got dogs, cats, ferrets, you got fish, you know, goldfish. You got a lot of, a lot of, pe- a lot of things that people call pets. What are we talking about? I know you've, Ken, believed in a lot in the economic development space uh, as far as like, uh, size and places like where, where do these people work out of are they just typical office spaces are they farms i mean how does that all work in the corridor from a site selection and when somebody comes that comes to visit here from from china and says hey i want to start a company or i want to bring jobs to america or whatever um how does that work where, where, where do they go yeah. I what would are their say, options I yeah guess? what are their um i would say that we have uh typically seen really two types of projects mm-hmm. and generally international companies that do not currently have a presence in north america and that that j- would generally mean the us mm-hmm. um they we are a natural fit for them because of our ecosystem they can establish their brand faster here and they have the support infrastructure to be able to establish that brand um those companies are generally looking uh, for the incubators space that we have or flex space, uh, they generally start out with maybe a handful of employees. This is a regulated industry, a mm-hmm. regulated environment, and it can take time for them to um, bring products and get regulatory approval. Um, and what they want to do is establish operations to start to get that brand presence and that brand equity out in front of customers while they're simultaneously working on the regulatory pathway. Mm-hmm. Um, the other products that we see are, f- or I'm sorry, projects that we see are from companies uh, that may be looking to relocate or expand that already have a U.S. presence. And those companies are generally looking for office space, um, sometimes lab space, but we see projects that 
where they are more looking for commercial operations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it generally North American operations, back office. Uh, so it would be all of the executives um, from HR to accounting, uh, finance, brand manager, sales, marketing. You've so got to really know your, uh, your locations. I'll tell you what, with this big of an area. I mean, when people come to you and say, hey, I want to relocate to wherever, uh, middle Missouri, and, you know, we're based here. I mean, you really have to kind of know what's available, right? You do. We are blessed, though. We Our partners are both uh, state of Kansas, state of Missouri, as mm-hmm. well as all of our community partners. So we work very closely with the economic development professionals in all of the counties, um, cities, and as well as at the state level. So we, we're very blessed with very good partners that have uh, a deep understanding of the assets that, that are in their portfolio for companies. It's nice to see... Uh We'll get into some of your uh, strategic priorities of the corridor. I know there's some such innovation, workforce development, public policy, and, and other things you all are doing that we'll get into at the next segment. But it's nice to see collaboration and cooperation, as you mentioned, uh, between both states, working with KCADC and the KC Animal Health Corridor. Um, something you don't always see, but it's exciting to uh, to have it uh, stretch between two different states and uh, so many great communities. So congratulations on that success. We'll talk more about that after the break on Grill Nation. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I appreciate you listening today on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or if you're on our website at grillnationshow.com. You can connect with me on social media. Uh, just search for my name or you can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Again, we're joined today. We're talking about the Casey Animal Health Corridor. Very excited to have the team in here uh, today. Some really great guests uh, provided by the uh, KC Area Development Council. Their website is thinkkc.com. You can find out more information about everything going on there and this exciting, um, great things that are happening at the KC Animal Health Corridor. Again, joined by the president uh, of the KC Animal Health Corridor, Kimberly Young. Uh, also joined by Scott Borman, who is uh, VP of U.S. Commercial Services at Merck Animal Health, and Kent Luther, who's the vice president of commercial operations at Bear Animal Health. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We were uh, going to talk about some of the strategic priorities of the uh, KC Animal Health Corridor, and one of them is, a uh, key, key area to highlight is workforce development. I just want to leave that out there because something in Kansas City that we talk about all the time. Talk to us about kind of the KC uh, Animal Health Corridor and workforce development and why it's so important. We can start with Kimberly. If, if that's cool with you, Kimberly? That, that is fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, when the companies look at their assets and their strengths and all of the companies that are represented in the corridor and the companies on the board, uh, their people are their biggest asset. And they want to continue to invest back in their current employees as well as look to the future and say, you know, 5, 10, 15 years out, we need to make sure that we have a pipeline of employees that have the skills that we need that are keeping up with the Mm -hmm. ever-changing industry demands and as technology changes and consumer demands change. And so it was really uh, about four years ago under the direction of our board leadership that we said we need to really focus in two areas. We need to close a skills gap, and primarily in the manufacturing, the biomanufacturing space, there was really a skills gap there, um, and we need to close an interest gap. Hmm. 
as farms are consolidating and you have less family farms and they're becoming more corporate farms, people are moving further away from the farm. And as Kent mentioned earlier, kind of just that awareness as a whole of what are all of the different careers within the ag industry and animal health. How do we get into the classrooms? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, students today, they get direction from their parents. They get directions from counselors and from teachers. And if those pathways aren't aware that, you know, at Hills Pet Nutrition, there's a flavor scientist job, Mm -hmm. then they're not going to pursue um, education in that. And so we um, are working together collaboratively with all of our companies to develop an educational toolkit that lives on Explore KC Careers, uh, which is our web portal uh, for the industry here in Kansas City, to really highlight and promote all of the different career opportunities. And those opportunities have a variety of educational pathways. So some could be certification, some are postgraduate degrees. There are a lot of opportunities, guys, isn't there? I mean, you guys have been in the industry for so long. Talk to us about that because uh, people thinking about getting into the ag industry maybe don't know about all their options. There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a really a huge variety of uh, job opportunities and, mm-hmm. and uh, skill disciplines, as Kim mentioned. But uh, you think about uh, the animal health industry, and and obviously, you know, a, a popular thought that many have is 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 certainly the science element, mm-hmm. right? but there's also the business element, Jason. Right? Mm-hmm. There's there's uh, sales, marketing, uh, finance, uh, legal. Uh, you know, HR, all of the things that would comprise the, the normal operating functions of any other business are, are very much alive in uh, the animal health industry as well. And I think one of the more common things that we run into is um, the assumption that you have to be a DVM or you have to be a veterinarian to, to be interested or get involved in the space. And you really don't. And, uh, and, that, and that, that's something I think that uh, we – as part of the corridor, have uh, continued to do a good job with in terms of promoting the industry and the career opportunities available there. Mm-hmm. And Kit, what do you have? What do you think? Well, about I that? think the other thing is is, uh, is similar to what Scott said. A lot of people think, oh, you have to come from an agricultural background. Well, we've got many people that work in our office in PR and communications and marketing and sales that uh, did not come from an agriculture agriculture background at all, um, but have a passion for pets or passion for animals or passion for the industry. And I think it's that's one of the hooks that we have is once you get into the industry, um, if you don't have the passion, you're going to get it real quick because mm-hmm. that's just what it's about, I think, at least especially here in Kansas City. And that makes it easier to, to have a lot of advocates from different backgrounds, right? They're not just agriculture. They're not just veterinary. They're not just production. They're all kinds of backgrounds that go into animal health companies. And you're always thinking about innovation, which is another priority, advancing innovation. Um, People don't think about that as much. You know, there's a tech science aspect for people that maybe are innovators. And I know that you guys host an investment forum, which brings a a lot of these people together here in Kansas City. Tell us about that uh, and and why innovation and technology is so important to what you're trying to do here in the Animal Health Corridor. Yeah, this year was our 10th anniversary of the investment forum. It started out as the uh, first investment form exclusively focused on the animal health industry. There are now globally some other events that are similar to our event, but we still host the largest investment form globally for the industry. Uh, it's critical for us to um, bring in and find entrepreneurs globally that have the best ideas uh, and match them with existing strategic partners 
um, as well as capital. So venture capital, private equity companies could be angel investment, um, but that financial firm. And it really supports our position as the epicenter of animal health by bringing all three uh, different parties together, from the entrepreneur to the financial community to strategic partners, um, to make sure that we are providing a platform, we're providing an ecosystem to help bring new advancement and new industry or new technologies into the industry. Every company has uh, a pipeline that they're developing through their own R&D. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is not the only pathway that they look at to advancing technology. Sometimes they look to make acquisitions um, and or license a technology in in addition to their own R&D pipeline. Over $280 million as, as in the first nine years was uh, raised, capital was raised. Um, it's just, it's mind boggling. 350 companies have applied. You had over 14 countries represented in nearly every U.S. state right here in Kansas City. That is correct. I yeah. mean, and I, I, think, I think you guys yeah. do so many great things. It's, it's, it's such an asset we have here. Mm-hmm. That's, that's incredible. $280 million raised by these companies. And many of the companies that pitch, um, may be looking to just be acquired or have a licensing deal or a development they want, agreement. They want these two guys' so. companies to uh, to take notice, right? <laughs> they the big do. boys. They do. <laughs> they do. They're and you guys acquire companies a lot, and you and you obviously believe in in new innovations and startups and entrepreneurs and and what's going on. Obviously, you encourage that. That's oh, kind of how Silicon Valley got started, right? You right. Know, absolutely. Well, you know, innovation comes in many forms, and you know, uh, as Kim had stated earlier. All of the companies have pipelines of products, but then you also look and see, is is there another smaller entrepreneurial company out there that's maybe ahead of you uh, time-wise and two or three years getting a product earlier makes a, a world of difference and also I think innovation is not just limited to new products. It's it's how we service those products and how we service our, our customers, right? New shipping, new logistics. How do we get our products from point A to B? Is it faster? Or is it better? biosecure there's a lot of innovation that is not just from the product side of things that Mm -hmm. uh, we bring to the area as well Mm -hmm. Uh, you know the animal industry i feel like is is growing both in kind of the your world which is more of like the uh the inside baseball world but also in the uh mainstream world i feel like pets now are part of a family even more than they ever have been have you guys noticed that People, I mean, I, I'm walking down the street. I saw a pet the other day. Uh, it's getting colder out with like a pretty much a, a designer jacket on. I mean, there's just so <laughs> pets are like part of the family now. I mean, animals are part of your family. And I feel like uh, smart marketers have really kind of taken advantage of that. And there's just it's part of the family. I feel like the animal, both mainstream and inside baseball is really growing here. Uh, everyone's taking notice, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I think, uh, you know, you talk about pets. I have six dogs. Oh, wow. So, you know, I have four kids and six dogs. Now, so. is that legal? We <laughs> yeah. got to check the rules here. Yeah, yeah. Are you in? What city? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not in a city. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, far there enough you. out. Yeah, but, <laughs> so, but a, a lot of people that, uh, and there are a lot of people that, that pets are their children, right? Mm-hmm. Love it. I think from a business perspective, Jason, as you look, depending on what market research uh, data you want to look at, I mean, it, it, uh, you know the pet space you were talking about, yeah, right. has a has a compounding annual growth rate of about five to six percent right. for the last fifteen to twenty years. So the yeah. American consumer is spending more and more on their pet every year. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think the, the one of the next big um, one of the next big waves of pet ownership is really we're we're seeing from the millennial generation. Yeah. Oh yeah, quite interesting. 
and uh, they're they're buying pets before they they have kids. Uh, so yeah, it's a um, it's a trend that is um, uh, more and more uh, are aware of the trend and uh, the popularity of, of of pets. I mentioned that just because ever uh, with all the startups and entrepreneurs out there there's always someone trying to figure out a way i get on facebook you know and every time i get on there now i see ads or, or videos of these new contraptions for for your dog and i'm just blown away I'm like wow maybe i should get that i mean there's just so much <laughs> yeah so much stuff i, I, I thought there. of that earlier when you were we were talking about innovation right and i think innovation takes a, a number of different forms right there's certainly innovation that that maybe as you know our companies are used to from a science perspective right is it looks at prevention of disease Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe treatment of a, a common parasite, uh, but one of you, one of the uh, the unique trends that we have in, in going on in the industry right now is is the inter- intersection of uh, digital technology, right, mm-hmm. with wearables, uh, big oh, yeah. data, oh, yeah. and how you manage that, and what do you do with that to help make decisions about pet care in the livestock industry? Changing everything, and I want to I want to. Inter- Preview our last and final segment today. This has been a great show so far. And our last segment, I want to talk to you about what has changed in the last 10 years uh, and, and what is going to continue to change. Bring out your crystal balls. We need those in the last segment. You're listening to the Grill Nation show. Hope you're enjoying our show on the KC Animal Health Forward. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host Jason Gray. I want to thank uh, all of our listeners here today, and also want to thank our one of our partners and supporters of the show, the KCADC, for uh, setting up this awesome show today with the KC Animal Health Corridor. We've been talking all about it. Um, appreciate you listening today on 9:80 a.m. or on iTunes or on the Grill Nation Show website. Uh, we have Kimbler Young with us again, who's the president of the KC Animal Health Corridor. Scott Borman, the VP of U.S. Commercial Services at Merck Animal Health. And Kent Luther, Vice President of Commercial Operations at Bear Animal Health. We were talking about uh, big data and the future, and so I just kind of wanted to kind of talk about you guys started, I believe, in 2006-ish, Correct. right? Yeah. Um, what has changed in the last 10 years, and kind of what are you guys excited about uh, looking forward into the future with uh, the animal health uh, corridor and advancement in technologies? Where have we started and where have we come to? It's exciting stuff. It is exciting. Uh the biggest change that we have seen from a corridor perspective in looking at the economy of Kansas City um, has been industry consolidation. Mm-hmm. And uh, there has been uh, a lot of consolidation. If you look back to 1990, uh, I think I saw a list and there were like globally 50 um, large companies. And if you look today, uh, depending on where you cut um, the revenues off at, you know, there's maybe 10 or 12 uh, of the larger companies globally. So there, there has been a lot of consolidation within the industry um, on the pharmaceutical side. And then even on the pet food side, we've seen a lot of consolidation and we've seen um, big consumer brands buying pet food companies. Mm. Uh, so from a, an, an economic and community development perspective, um, keeping up with those changes as companies are are buying each other and the names are changing and they're consolidating portfolios and some of that is spinning off and that creates other opportunity. Um, 
that that has been a lot to keep up with. And then also um, we have seen more interest, and I think because of the consolidation, because it isn't a completely recession-proof industry, but um, people still tend to spend money on their pets, um, even in tough economic times, um, has been interest from investors, um, the increased interest from the investment community over the past 10 years. And obviously you've seen interest from across the world, right? That's, that we didn't yeah. have at the beginning before we started really touting this as one of our key areas of growth. Absolutely, yeah. The glo- de- development of the global brand has um, certainly been very beneficial economically for the region. Love it. I love more capital investment too, right, guys? And Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys, you've seen a lot more of that uh, as well. You guys have a event you talked about, a homecoming event that you do each and every year. Talk to me about that because I know it's grown like crazy and – um, there's a lot more uh, coverage locally and nationally of that yeah. big event you have. You have everyone come together, yeah. right? Yep. Homecoming is our annual event. Um, there's it's no a, football game. But there's there no a lot football of game, but it is a totally, <laughs> it's a playoff of that. Um, you know, we think of Kansas City as the birthplace of the industry. And so we're welcoming everyone home. And uh, we started out with 150 attendees this year. We had 1,200. It is um companies and industry executives that come in from all over the world. We have had 23 countries represented at our homecoming dinner um, over the past uh, 13 years since uh, we've started that event. It's awesome. Um, public policy guys, uh, you got, and everyone here, um, how does that, how does that make a difference? I know there's been some key accomplishments over the last mm-hmm. few years. Um, talk to me about how you guys engage with public policy in your, in your industry. Um, because obviously it's very regulated. Anybody want to take that one? No, I'll start off. Yeah. I think the biggest thing there is is that uh, with Kim's leadership, we've got one voice. And so when you're sitting there uh, at an advisory board meeting and you talk about, hey, upcoming public policy issues, you have all the companies represented, and you get a lot of input from not just people there at the board but from the whole industry, and then you just kind of boil that down to, okay, what are the, the three or four things that we really want to Go tackle. And with one voice and a unified voice, you've, you've got a lot better chance of getting things accomplished as opposed to a bifurcated, you know, five or six different companies saying more or less the same thing, but not, not exactly. exactly. Is this mostly state issues, federal issues, or local issues? Uh, all the above. All, all of them. Okay. For public policy, I didn't know if it was, you know, I know a lot happens at the state level, uh, but obviously it happens at the federal level too. Yeah, obviously there's um, – um, you know, there's activity at all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as you look back over the last several years, there may be, there may have been more at the state level simply with the um, uh, the announcement of NBAF. And what is um, that? And, I read about um, that a little bit. Yeah, so NBAF is the uh, National Bioagri-Defense Facility mm-hmm. uh, that today is uh, currently located on uh, Plum Island, which is a division of uh, uh, of the government, USDA. And uh, uh, and Homeland Security in, in collaboration, and we'll be relocating to uh, the the Manhattan area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so construction has begun, and obviously, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of interest in that simply because of the number of jobs and uh, the opportunities that that will also bring to the corridor. And mm-hmm. you know, on behalf of the corridor, we're very pleased to uh, you, you know to to have that and 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 to uh, determine how we best partner. That's awesome, and that yeah. that is a billion dollar investment. That's yeah. correct. What I've read, one point uh, two billion, and it's a lot es- of jobs. A lot of jobs, and it's essentially the national lab for for our country. And it'll for be the in US. Manhattan, Kansas. Manhattan. Wow, that was a, quite a good get. 
for the area, right? Great, great, good for the corridor, and it's going to bring in more people. And, uh, you know, how many jobs have you all created uh, or have happened because of the Animal Health Corridor in Kansas City area? Yeah, since inception, we've had 60 new companies relocate uh, or expand to the area. Um, we only count initial jobs for mm-hmm. each one of those companies. Uh, and, you know, because it is a regulated environment, many of those companies start out with a handful of jobs. Um, so their initial job investment is around 2500 um, but that doesn't really capture the long-term growth. So I'll give you an example. There is a company uh, located in our region. When they moved their North American headquarters here, they started out with eight. Um, today, they're one of the largest companies in our region, and they have around 500 employees. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in about six, seven years, they they have grown. So um, They grow, they increase their payrolls, they increase their jobs. Mm-hmm. and. Because of the way you guys count jobs, there's probably thousands more that you guys have helped create in this area. Absolutely. And the capital investment. Uh, they continue to grow and expand as well as, um, you know, many of the companies in our area um, grow and expand. We have about a minute minute left on the show today. It's been a great show. I've learned a lot. Um, what are some of the things you guys want to see us do better and improve upon here so we can continue to be the best and, and the best around? Uh, what are things you, you really are excited about working on in the, in the upcoming years to come? Anybody want to take that? We got. I, let, we I can work. start. I can. Yeah. I, uh, hopefully, everybody gets time. But uh, I think one of one of the things for for us as an employer in the area, right, is is the uh, the commitment to workforce development and just the leadership that the core board provides on key issues of the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, as an employer, um, I, obviously, it's it's great to have an initiative dedicated to workforce development that you can continue to invest in and shape. Uh, in order to provide the type of talent and opportunities that you need mm-hmm. uh, with where a specific business might be going. Talent is very important, and we got to keep improving that in every industry, but this is especially true in yours. Uh, Ken, anything you want to add? Well, I think that one of the things that we also need to do is, is that as people spend more money on their pets and we get a, a, a growing population, we, we have to have uh, that collaborative effort to help pets and then help help our food supply be safe, and that happens by us all collaborating here at the Animal Health Corridor, and the more people we can get into the corridor, the better off we'll be, we'll, we'll be in the long run. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And Kimberly, I yeah. want to congratulate you on everything you've done, and a few final thoughts from you. Um, I would just say capital. Okay. More capital. Uh, the more capital we can bring into the industry, uh, the more it benefits uh, everyone. Here, cheers to that. I want to thank Kimberly Young, Scott Borman, and Kent Luther for joining me today on the Grill Nation show. Fascinating show. I appreciate you guys coming in today. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Great to have you. We'll see you again next week here on the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us on 980 AM. Have a great day.